Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap... There is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Matty Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Returning to our roots today on the What Podcast, we revisit the Revivalists. The very first ever band we interviewed on the What Podcast comes back to talk about their new single, their new album, Fatherhood, and of course, Crawfish. It's Mardi Gras on the What Podcast. Barry Corder, Lord Taco, Zach from The Revivalist, I'm Brad. The What Podcast starts right now. Barry Gordon, Lord Taco, and Brad, uh, welcome in to the home stretch. This feels like the um, the run up to uh, the greatest weekend of our lives. You have an official week count left, Lord Taco. How many weeks are we away from Bonnaroo? Uh, let me check. Okay. I have no idea. Well, I can't believe you don't know this already. It should be like oh, that that screen behind you at all times. Somebody knows. <laughs> So uh, today, Barry, I've got a very uh, big surprise for you uh, because uh, not only because our guest is from New Orleans, but also because this is Mardi Gras week. Guys, please hold. I've got something to show you. Here we go. I bet he's going down there. What do you think? Nice. (laughs) Happy Mardi Gras. 125 days. How many days? 125 days. 125 days. There you go. The magical Mardi Gras jacket has been put on. It is officially Mardi Gras season. That's very nice. Wow. That's Uh really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So. And are you going? Of course. I'm there right now. 
<laughs> no, you're not. Well, you missed it. You missed it the entire time when you lived there. That's why I'm asking. No, we did get one solid Mardi Gras in before uh, we came to New York. But uh, yeah, so in honor of Mardi Gras week, we thought that we would check in with the very first ever artist that we talked to on this podcast from New Orleans, our very own revivalist. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so Zach from the Revivalist is going to join us. They've got a brand new album, brand new single. Um, this is uh, this is my favorite week of the year, Barry. I know it was Bonnaroo for a very long time, but this uh, I have a goal: a hundred pounds of crawfish. Nine days, <laughs> I'm going to try to eat a hundred pounds of crawfish. <laughs> I'm fascinated by your your addiction to this stuff. Yeah, Barry, I've been obsessed with New Orleans since I was 19. What I used to do uh, when I was doing nights at a radio station, I found this uh, hit disc. It was called Hit Disc, where it had 35 tracks on. It was the closest thing to our format that you could find. And I would pop it in the CD player, hoping that nobody would notice that I would leave the radio station early, uh, you know, every month or so. And I'd leave at 11. I'd get there by 5 a.m. And by the time that I would wake up, I would see a sign walking around the French Quarter. By the way, I was sleeping in my car because I, was, I wasn't making any money. Uh, the, the sign the guy was holding said five beers for one. And I was obsessed from that moment. And uh, that's when I kept coming. That's when I found crawfish for the first time. And I got addicted to crawfish. And I would come back every month on the dot every month until I realized crawfish, you know, they only have a season, right? So you get just to keep coming back over and over. And so then by the time that I uh, got back to Chattanooga, I found crawfish in, in town on very rare occasions. I would teach all my friends how to eat crawfish. And still to this day, the reason why New Orleans is so important or the reason why we moved there in the first place was because of crawfish. And then so long uh, along the way when we got to New Orleans, even though it was a pandemic, we uh, we know this guy, we know that guy, and that's how we met Zach from the Revivalists, who join us now on the What Podcast. Hey, Zach, how are you, buddy? Hey, Brad, good to see you. I'm great. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm uh, wearing this jacket just for you, Zach. Happy Mardi Gras! We're I think great, the last yeah, time, happy Mardi, Gras. happy Mardi Gras. The last time that I saw you, and by the way, Anne. I uh, hope Ann and the kids are well. The last time I saw uh, you guys, uh, you had just become a father of twins, right? So congratulations, man. Oh, she's great. The kid, the kids are good. We're actually uh, we're going to pick them up from daycare in a few hours. They do a little, uh, they're a year and a half. I have a year and a half boy, girl twins, and uh, they'll be doing a little a little parade at uh, two this afternoon in the, in, the, in the little daycare school. So that should be fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, nice, nice. I guess it's like I, I'm just learning about this, but apparently the Friday before, uh, like the Mardi Gras break, it's like a it's a school New Orleans schools tradition that all the schools have like an internal parade where they'll like parade around the schools and like all the parents and stuff come. So I'm just learning about this. This will be our first one, and it's a, a one year old class doing it. So that should be pretty ridiculous and cute. So. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I gotta imagine life is kind of crazy yeah. right now. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, look, it's it's. Yeah, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It is so much work with with twins. It is crazy, um, but it's just, it's. There's a, so much joy, and it, it, it's incredible. I think it was a coincidence. Like we were sitting at the window, and you and your uh, wife were sitting at the table outside, and like our babies are just like 
waving hello to these these random people and like we were like then we're like wait a minute i know you guys <laughs> like, the reason i ask about fatherhood is because the new single which by the way oh my god uh you I know understand. it's it, i hate saying it like this but this is i mean the best work you guys have ever put out i mean this is the best revivalist single i have um at least i i've heard this is uh um I, I'm, really we're extremely excited about it. Uh, we're, everybody in, in our, our band and team is like really, really, uh, really, really amped up about it. I'm super proud of it. Um, and uh, I just, I can't wait to put it out in the world. I wonder why, if it has why? any tie Tell into me. being a father. It's always, it's like, why was it magical? You know, what ha what's the magic dust with this one versus the other one? That's the secret question to everything, isn't it? It, it, it might have something to do with with what what Brad is hinting at is 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 the, the that I'm a I'm a new dad I have I have some big dad energy going on. <laughs> um, my um, my partner was was one month pregnant with twins while uh, we wrote this song, Dave and I. Um, I definitely had a fire lit under my ass to to come up with something good um, for the band and and. Besides my my just general desire to want to contribute creatively to the band and in a big way, um, having that pressure contributed, I, I think, and getting together with with Dave, um, he was I think very sensitive and in sync to what was happening in the background in my mind as well, and we 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 got together and felt like we had something special, and we we hammered it out, and I think we came up with something really meaningful to us and, and hopeful and hopefully meaningful for a lot of people. What I love about it the most is that I feel like, and you correct me if I'm wrong, that the revivalist as a whole, and maybe you even as a songwriter yourself, took this massive leap forward that, um, I mean, I knew, I knew you guys were great before, but this is on another level of great. Well, thank you. Um, that that that's i mean th that was a goal we felt like we we could take another step um as, as in our in our recorded work um we've been bringing the heat live for a long time um and i i think we've grown as musicians and and as just people and we brought that to our writing and recording process i i think well you bring you bring up the live show because uh you know that is the thing that you guys are really known for especially in new orleans yeah. you put something out on yeah. uh, if it's a revivalist show it's sold out in two minutes right um how does the live show influence the way that you guys go about putting out you know your first album in five years yeah um the playing live is is what we do best it's probably it's probably the the the, the the most important attribute of this band is you know and, it, and it's like sort of built into our our name band name even the revivalists like you know it, when when we started in 2007 it was i guess it was saying something that we would play our music on instruments with with a, a group of people in the room in a room together at the same time like this is the this is a this is a an older way of doing it or something um and the, the, that's that's always been our strength. Our Dave as a as a lead singer, just absolutely like performing almost athletic feats of of vocal 
prowess and 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 like physically like running or jumping across speakers and climbing trusses and stuff and um these are all components of our live show but then the the live musicianship is something that we value as musicians from new orleans and just musicians in general um um so um playing live is 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 a primary um ingredient of, of what we do and, and and we build that into a recording process and that much of the album is us playing live it recorded extremely well mic's extremely well we took a lot of time making engineering decisions making tone decisions stuff like that but what it comes down to is it's it's us playing it together and us performing all the parts yeah. so is that the I'm same way you've done it every time though or do you, do you record the same way every time Every song is going to be a little bit different because we're not we're not going to be like we're not we're not stuck in any sort of process or way. It's not like we we have to record everything live. Like no, on Kid, for example, there's a lot of ear candy. There's a lot of interesting layers and sounds that um, that we cooked up just Dave and I when we were writing it with a, a weird effect and Dave playing it on a guitar in a quirky idiosyncratic way. That's super interesting. That you're not going to be able to achieve just playing in the, in, in a room live. Sure. So sure. there were certain pieces of, of tracks that, that we had set up and arrangement work that we had done that we, that we played over on this particular tune. Um, we love, I mean, it's always, I'm always going back to like Sergeant Pepper and the white album or Sergeant Pepper. And, and, and um, it's like Sergeant Pepper is the, is the studio masterpiece. And yeah. then, um, and then the white album is more of a like a play live brilliant approach, and it it just depends on the song and what and, and we're making those decisions uh, uh, throughout the process and having the conversation throughout the process for every song. How much of that five year layoff or not layoff but but period between sort of influence during that time? Are you like uh, I'd like to you know are you making mental notes? I'd like to try this next time we're in the studio or I like that, you know, or you hear a bit from somebody else and, and just also the, the, I, I want to think maybe calmness, you know, now that you've done it, you know, it's, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's the athlete thing, you know, the game slowed down the more I've done it type of thing. That's exactly right. Um, uh, it, calmness, maturity, whatever you want to call it, but it's, I'm I'm less anxious. I could speak to my own experience. I'm less anxious in a recording studio now than I was as a younger man. Like I remember my heart racing and, you know, some, some of the tempos were probably too fast on some of those earlier tracks. And I was just like, even just being aware of tempo is something that I wasn't necessarily thinking about when I was 20 years old in, in the studio. Um, so we've grown as musicians, we've grown as people navigating performance anxiety is, is, is a very real thing. Um, and we're, we're supportive of one each uh, of, of our bandmates in, in, in the studio. Uh, we're, we're lifting each other up, trying out different ideas. Um, to, yeah, I, to, I, I don't yeah. remember who it was I interviewed, but I remember it was a band that had been together 10, 15 years. And they, he said something very interesting. He said, we've been together so long. The conversation is a lot shorter. We don't mm. have to, you know, we don't have to put in the, you know, Hey Brad, I appreciate you trying that, but you know you can cut right yeah. through. That sucks. Let's do yeah. something else. Or... <laughs> kind of, yeah. You know what I mean? Gonna... You don't have to do the niceties. You know, you're, we've done it. We've been there. We're all friends. Say what's on your mind. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. And and also, it's it's giving 
it's giving it's knowing each other intimately well and knowing when to give them the space to to exactly. do their thing and and also knowing how to get what you want sometimes too. i'll get it um so you know talk about maturity and um the way that you guys have grown together not only have you had kids since the last album dave got married uh how much of that is on the album how much of these uh, other personal things throughout the band are on the new album i'm sure that the, the the personal life stuff gets into dave's writing um he's he's never shied away from including his personal life he he wrote wish i knew you about his wife when you know when they were dating um we performed it at his wedding it was awesome um i gave a hilarious best man speech i wish you guys could uh could air some video of that but uh probably should keep that one i i heard about um do you want to recreate you want to recreate anything? I will that? say I started. I I started by saying that um, David Shaw is a great friend. He's a great uh, business partner. He's a great leader, and he's a canvas for some terrible tattoos. Got <laughs> 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 You got oh, to cut in a little bit. You got to dig yeah, in a little uh, bit. Yeah. Sure. Left hand. Yeah, but but it's a really really well sculpted canvas. It's a very well. Yeah, uh, that, that's true. That's true. Of course, it's cut. The canvas is absolutely ripped. Yeah. Uh, so, Barry, I'll tell you a little inside baseball stuff. When I uh, when I got to New Orleans, uh, I had to run a few stations in New Orleans and uh, some stations in Baton Rouge, and one of the stations was a rock station, obviously. And what I found uh, as soon as I got there was that the soul of the radio station needed to be the revivalists. You know, there is something that is the heartbeat of that city uh, that the Revivalist taps into. So every song that we played, every thing that we did with the brand, everything that we did um, uh, promotionally, I, I used the Revivalist as the center because of their brand values and, and the way that I felt the radio station's brand values should be. And it goes to show you, like, the love and affection that this band has in that city. Now, I bring that up, Zach, because you guys are massively successful elsewhere, too, right? So you guys do, you know, Red Rocks. You can sell out New York. What I've always wondered, and you could talk about this maybe more specifically than than others, why is it so hard for other New Orleans musicians to break out of New Orleans? In New Orleans, you can be a really big hit. You can do really, really well. I'll use mutual friends of ours, Tanks and, Tank and the Bangas. Um, You get them outside of New Orleans and things get a little bit more difficult no matter how many Grammy nominations they get. They are doing well, though. They are doing well nationally. So yeah, yeah, they're getting there. But but why is it so hard for New Orleans musicians who succeed so much in that city to break through on the national level? I think it's because New Orleans is not a music industry center, most likely, and that most of the success that people from New Orleans have had and musicians from New Orleans have had has been because they've hit the road and worked outside of the city. Somebody like John Batiste, for example. Um, I just think, I, I think New Orleans is, it has such a massive amount of, of talent and live music culture. Um, it's, it's probably because it's, it's not an industry town. like in the way that a New York or Nashville or LA is. Um, And also New New Orleans is, is, it's a small city. It's like 380,000 people. It's relatively small. And 
That said, this city punches way above its weight class. We have so many good bands, so many incredible musicians. We invented jazz out of this city. I mean, like... It's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal, you know? Yeah, I, uh, I'll never forget one of the great musical moments of my life. You we're walking down just on a random Saturday night. We're walking down Frenchman, and we stumble into the Royal Frenchman Hotel. And at Barry Taco, it's, it, Frenchman Street is really like the live music heartbeat of the city outside of the quarter and uh, the royal frenchman's right at the end and it's a hotel it's a hotel but in the lobby there's all these incredible new orleans musicians who just set up camp and and start playing and one night uh i stumbled upon nicholas payton and I, I my my literally my jaw hit the ground with how stunning of a show that's this funny was. you mentioned him literally literally i did a 20 minute uh peloton yoga uh, session this morning just because I and 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 a, and a Nicholas Payton song came on in the thing I was like this is lovely this is so elegant and I, I looked at the music I was like Nicholas Payton that's awesome he's just one of the most amazing musicians I, I've ever seen so we're at the Royal Frenchman and I look at a buddy of mine who's in Tank and the Bangas and I say who is this he says it's, it's Nicholas Payton and he stops me he goes oh you don't know Nicholas Payton look around this room the amount of Grammys in this room would shock you. I mean, the amount of musicianship that is around every corner is stunning. It's, it's in a this city. it's a nice it's a nice culture here. It's 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 supportive. People are generally friendly and uh, encouraging. It's 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 a really nice community of of, of people and musicians. I mean, I, I think if not to answer for either of you, but it. If, it, if you were to ask me, I would think it's opportunity, exposure, and just what you, you know, you just said, uh, the, the, the culture there. Um, I was having a similar conversation earlier on a radio show about a lineup that a festival just was announced here in town. And the, the host of the show didn't know anybody. And, you know, he's like, what radio station plays these? And I'm like, well, that's kind of the point, you know, that that's not how you find bands anymore. And, and that's a big part of the festival culture, in my opinion, is the whole discovery, discovery element yeah. of it. Yeah, that's what I love, love about it. Zach, what I was Barry, are you, are you in New York? No, I'm in Chattanooga. Um, oh, cool. Okay. I'm in Chattanooga. Russ is just outside of Chattanooga in Ringgold. Uh, nice. But that was the conversation is, you know, this guy is a particularly more of an old school, top 40s uh, country gotcha. radio. And, uh, you know, I said... He said, what do you think of this lineup? And I said, I don't, I don't know, maybe 30% of them. And he said, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And I said, well, you know, in old years, it would have been a bad thing. But now, to me, it's great because it means I get to discover. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's a good attitude. Well, and that's the festival attitude. And mm -hmm. I think that's the New Orleans attitude, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think, honestly, I think that's a, the shift in all of music, to be honest. I, I mean, I think... You know, nobody's iPad or, or iPhone playlist, yeah. Spotify play, Spotify playlist is all one, one genre. One. Yeah, I, I've had this conversation um, a couple times recently, and it, and it was like when when you would have to buy a CD or buy a record, um, in, in in years past, it was it was like you were making a decision about your identity in a way, how you spent your money on music. Um, now, with everything being available, I think people are probably less snobbish about the range of music that they listen to. Like, 
I'm not ashamed to listen to a, a great songwriter like Taylor Swift or something. Whereas when I was in when I was in high school, I wouldn't be caught dead spending money on on a, a Christina Aguilera or Britney Spears album. I identified as like I'm, yeah. you know I'm a guitarist and I'm you know I, I like I like rock music, I like funk, I like jazz, I, whatever. But um, I think the I think the availability of it of of, um, of of the of the internet has has shifted the consumption so as we we don't we don't like identify with with the you know what we're listening as as, as quite as much if that makes sense uh, no a hundred percent i mean i was that guy in high school that if it was really yeah. really popular i hated it you know it didn't matter what yeah. it was i mean i'm i missed out yeah. on acdc and hair bands and all that because and of course you come back to it later and you're like you know what that's great actually it's a lot it's yeah. just fun yeah yeah exactly it's yeah. just fun it's just fun yeah 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 exactly. I, I did want to point out that uh zach you guys are coming back to bonnaroo uh for the yes. first time in a few years um, yeah. I know that the live show is really important to you, but when you put together, like, I know Jazz Fest is really important, but of just course. after Jazz Fest, Bonnaroo's got to be up there because this is Bonnaroo is a big one. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a that's a big boy fest. Um, that's oh, that's gonna feel s- special. This will be our third time playing it. Um, the first time we played it was in 2013. It was a little tent. Uh, we drove ourselves. We didn't have any crew. It was just like seven of us. Uh, in a van we pulled up like 20 minutes before showtime and there was just a house sound engineer that showed up like five minutes later it was like oh wow you got a lot of you got a lot of inputs you got a lot of channels here all right let's do a quick sound check and we just rocked it and it was super special and then we came back in 2018 and we were on like a main stage with with production and and we rocked it then and it was it's a different experience and uh, I'm I'm very very much excited to to play the farm again uh, with this new material, which is like you said, I think the strongest of our career. And it'll be right after the full album gets released that we'll be playing Bonnaroo. Well, how does that change things um, when verse when you when you're going to do a show and you've got material that you've been doing for a couple of years and you know you know the audience is digging it, but now you've got all brand new stuff. What's, what's it like? It's exciting. Um, I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried that like our audience is going to be like, Oh no, new songs play. We want to hear the same ones that you guys have been playing your, your whole careers. I don't think our audience is like that. I think we're going to have, a, we're hopefully going to be gaining a bunch of, of new fans as well that come in with this new material. And I think our, our old fans will welcome the new ones with open arms. Cause it's all about love for the music and, uh, and, yeah, well, but it, as a podcast listener and friend of mine here in New York, Evan reminds me, who is the biggest revivalist fan that's ever existed. He oh, nice. uh, follows your set list every time you play a show. You've been playing a lot of these new songs for a while now. Yeah, we started on this on our fall, fall tour. We started premiering a lot of the new songs because we and, couldn't help and, ourselves. We we're too excited. And, weird, and weirdly enough, Kid finds its way yeah. towards the end of the set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, it's going to be a monster. I, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for the band. Uh, I can't wait to see you. I mean, I'll, I'll be there on Tuesday. So if you want to uh, join Bayou Beer Garden, uh, I mean, I'm getting off the plane at one o'clock and I'm going straight for crawfish. I'm going deep into crawfish. My goal in nine days, I'm hoping to eat 100 pounds of crawfish since I'll start at Bayou Beer Garden on Tuesday. Oh, you're gonna, gonna, oh okay. Amazing. 
I wanted to bring it back to that. That's what we were talking about when you jumped on, Zach. Brad was trying to explain to me, Mr. Vegetarian, Mr. Prima Donna, Mr. You know, don't touch anything. Eats the nastiest things on the planet. Are you? A I'm the same guy? way though. I'm the same way. I'm I'm a I'm a pescatarian, so I will I I don't eat pork and stuff, but or or I don't eat mammals, but I will I will definitely have a, a mud yeah, bug anything every with now a face. That's what my but uh, it's pro- it does seem a little cruel though. If we want to if we want to get into the ethics of crawfish, burning burning them alive in uh, in a, in and with spicy <laughs> boils is you know probably not not a good feeling for them. But it's you know you gotta it's it's yeah. it is what oh, it is. Whatever they're they're the they're the cockroaches of the sea. <laughs> yeah, I'll, that time when we were at Pesh, I told you, and we had dinner. I was like, I, I'll eat dumb fish. But I won't eat smart fish. If you're a smart fish, no, 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 I can't eat. I can't eat it. I don't eat octopus. I won't. I won't eat an octopus. Yeah. So you'll be there this Tuesday. I live. I live not not far from there at all. So I. Uh, I might see you. Yeah. I, I just can't say it enough. I think the the song is fantastic. I think it's going to be a massive, massive deal for you guys. The album is great. I, I just couldn't be happier for you. Uh, the whole band, Dave, not only personally with the kids and, and Dave with with the marriage, you guys are uh, just a fantastic, fantastic beacon of new orleans tradition and culture and i'm so glad that the city has you i'm so glad that you guys are back for the first time in five years and and hopefully we'll see you at bonner very soon all right sounds good brad It's, it's great to see you man without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. From the Rivalists on the What Podcast, Barry, Taco, uh, are, are you hungry for crawfish yet? You guys want some crawfish? Still no. Uh, I'm so fascinated by this whole willingness to 
whatever. Disassociate, I, you know. Have you and I, have I ever taught you how to eat crawfish? Because yeah, Taco yeah. knows I've taught everybody, well, I, I every mean, friend I, of I'll mine. Eat how to eat I'm not obsessed with them. They're just mud bugs. I mean, I. No, I, no, you just haven't had good. Yeah. You haven't had a good boil. You haven't yeah, had the good cockroaches boil. of the sea. I know, but you, you Barry. I can tell somebody who hasn't had a great boil by say, those exact words. They're <laughs> fine. They're not fine. A great boil will change your life. Okay, and then I, I haven't had a great boil. Do you want I to mean, come down to Mardi Gras with me? Uh, do I do I need to get a coat just like that? Do I get I, a coat just like that? You can. I, you, I think you have a coat just like this. Man, that that'd be a lot of fabric. That'd be interesting. <laughs> That's a lot of gold. Liberace did it. You could do it too. (laughs) Uh, I'm really excited. I I, I mean this totally honestly. I really do think this album is fantastic. For a radio guy, this song is going to be like as big as Wish I Knew You. Um, And to hear it on the farm is going to be really, really exciting, Barry. Yep. I love it. I love it too. Yep. Don't miss this show. It's a big progression for them. I I love the sound. It's huge. It's great. Yeah, I then I, I said that to Zach. I think there's this we this incredible. You can, I don't know. I'll put it that you use the word progression. I think it's very good. These guys are just getting better and better. And I'm not going to say this to him, but I'm so glad that this album just doesn't sound like another revivalist album. You know, it really <laughs> feels like a step, a major, you know, step forward for these guys. Uh, The other thing, too, that I didn't bring up, there was a day that I walked in on them at their uh, practice space. So they had this really historic practice space that is kind of nutty, and you would never even know it was a practice space, but a whole bunch of New Orleans musicians uses this practice space. And I walked in on practice one day, and it was like them just ripping ACDC covers. You know, it was like an hour of them just screwing around, and and it was in that moment, I was like, God, these guys can literally play anything. Um, To see them make this next step is so exciting. It's so exciting. It's so funny you say that, because you and I talked at length uh, way back when the Get Back thing came out, and that was one of my favorite Beatle moments in Get Back was when they were just playing other people's songs. Right. It's one of those head cleaning. You know, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a musician, but it was. It that's what it seemed like to me. It's like a head cleaning exercise, and a. You know, they just needed a moment. So I, yeah. I get it. I, I mean, I've seen it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm really excited. All right, anything else to get to before we uh, wrap up? Anything other Mardi Gras festivities you want to talk about? No, other than I think you you said it at the beginning of the show. It feels like here we go, here we go. I mean, we got the lineup. That was that was the start of season six, but mm-hmm. this feels like here we go. Do you guys want to come to any of the balls with me this weekend? Go ahead, Taco. Oh, I love balls. <laughs> he, he teed it up. Yeah. <laughs> Save well, the, one for me. The, the, the thing about Mardi Gras is, is, you know, there's parades every day, multiple parades every day. You know, we'll go to, you know, wife's dancing in, in the Thursday parade on, on Mardi Gras Day. I'm, I'm going to be in one of the parades on Mardi Gras Day. But through the rest of the week, there are, you know, late night balls. And one ball in particular, I will be at for, um, for Saturday night. And Barry, I'm dressing like Ziggy Stardust. You're doing the full. Full on, full makeup, everything. I'm doing everything. I'm even. I'm. I'm spray painting the hair red. You're. You're gonna wow. do. It. Yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah, I got the zigzag thing in the face. I got the the David Bowie onesie. I've got the female blouse that he wears. I got the whole, the whole thing. Oh my god, you should see these platform shoes that I'm wearing. These giant white platform shoes. I. I I'm going all in. Sounds amazing. 
You're yeah, gonna... this sounds right up at Taco's Alley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he does that role-playing thing with the TikTok. Maybe that is that that would is that next for you, Ross? You're going to start Taco. You do play? you do cosplay on TikTok? Cosplay, whatever. Did I know this of you? What is this? It, he does <laughs> with the, the first make, I've heard of it. The, the the things where they change your face and all that. No, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm not spray painting my hair red. Well, <laughs> Taco, you have a you have a that's new a face. It's a filter. Whatever. <laughs> Well, I'm putting on my David Bowie filter this weekend at Mardi Gras, okay. so I can't wait to see you guys. Come on down. Consequence Podcast Network. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.